It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hour number three, but I'm not going to get out of here in too much of a hurry. So um, Dave Baker usually comes and rushes me out, and I know you're listening, Dave, uh, when my show's over at 9 o'clock, but he's not coming in the studio today. Ha! He's actually doing something pretty fun. He is at Clark Howard's Habitat for Humanity Build here in Atlanta. Clark Howard so generously sponsoring um, throughout the many years that uh, Clark's been on WSB, uh, houses 89 and 90 um, that he has helped to sponsor. And so many great folks and organizations go into all of that. And, of course, many of you that volunteer your time to be a part of a Habitat for Humanity house and build. Um, so Dave and Clark, together again, causing trouble from 9 to noon today. That's going to be a lot of fun to listen to the two of them on the air. They get together three or four times a year for the Carathon uh, in July, where we benefit the Athletic Cancer and Blood Disorder Center of Children's Healthcare of Atlanta get together for Clark's Christmas kids when all of you shop for foster children, and then this. So what a great time. And later on today, uh, maybe at 10, I'll get to Marietta Square at about 10, are going to be meeting with the Marietta Tree Keepers. So this is what they say. What a, what a fun group and a, a lot of great folks. In an effort to promote awareness of Arbor Day, George's Arbor Day was in February, but Marietta Tree Keepers giving away free trees at the Marietta Square Farmer's Market today, 9 to noon. I'll be there about 10. Uh, free tree bare root seedlings. So the varieties that they may have, uh, you know, includes but not limited to dogwoods, willow oaks, uh, bald cypress, free literature is also available for caring for these trees and maintaining them. Everything's open to the public. Uh, they're also going to have tree walks led by certified arborists. I'll be there as well. Just look for the Marietta Tree Keeper tent and banner. So many good garden groups and tree organizations and all kinds of fun folks do things like this for us. So go and show up. And whenever you want to know some events that are going on around town, I'm going to get really good about compiling a list uh, when you go to wsbradio.com slash backslash green and growing, you'll go to my page, the homepage for the show, and scroll all the way to the bottom, uh, classes and garden opportunities. And I have stuff like this on there for you to get involved almost every weekend. You know, this is the time of year. Every weekend, something like that is going to be going on. So I'll be happy to be in Marietta here in just a little bit. All right. Up next, calling from Milner, Georgia, it's William. Hey, William, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am great. What's going on? Yeah, well, for years I had a fescue lawn, and the trees have grown up where it's causing a lot of shade. So I'm trying to transition to um, shade-tolerant grass, Mm -hmm. and I think St. Augustine is supposed to kind of be shade-tolerant. And I bought some plugs late last summer, and I put them out there, and they were just getting started. But, of course, the winter came, and, and they went dormant. But I want to overseed this this spring with the actual seed. And I was at the store, and the seeds are very small, and the bag is very expensive. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I didn't have my glasses. I couldn't read the directions. But can I mix that with sand? How should I overseed the, the lawn that I have if I want to go with the seed? So a couple of things about St. Augustine, and you hit the nail on the head, William, with it, it is basically the most shade-tolerant warm-season grass. When we think about Bermuda and Centipede and, and Zoysia, uh, St. Augustine is the route to go with that. There's okay. problems with seed viability. So I know that it's for sale out there, but it's just not the best way to go. And especially, like you said, it is so expensive. 
um, really yeah. planted from sod or plugs like you had done um, a few months ago, that is the best way to go. So I'm just being honest. If you want to try your hand at seed, you could, but I just don't think you're going to have a lot of luck. So then maybe waiting until May, June, something like that to put down some sod is probably going to be a lot more cost effective for you. Okay. And I did overseed with some winter rye. So if I do go with some more plugs, should I wait to that dies off or, yeah, or and that, um, that will here soon sure when it gets warmer um and you're looking to to maybe not do the plugs or, or the sod till may or june um so may or yeah june. yeah so the rye will be done by then what you could do now if you really want to do something um do a pre-emergence herbicide treatment you know if you already had a little money in your head that you were going to spend this weekend go to pike or the big box store and get a couple of bags of pre-emergence herbicide spread that because that's going to prevent a lot of weeds in the spring and the summer okay so everything will be in a lot better position for those plugs and things to grow a little bit better without the competition of as many and and that that won't damage the plugs that i already have out there right now nope nope but pre-emergence herbicide is only going to work on things that have not really come up from seed yet it's preventative so anything that's already there and established and weeds that are already there that you're looking at not going to kill those but you're getting ahead of what could be trouble in the next few months as it warms up okay well i got you appreciate it yeah will you check back in with me i'm notating your call because i want to know i don't know as much about saint augustine um, but i'm very very curious to see if you're able to do these plugs in say may or june um you know really break up the soil pretty good make sure they're not being put in compacted spots but i want to know you know by time the end of summer fall rolls around how well they did okay yeah i'll check back with you then. okay good well yep save yourself the money i guess i gave you a little bit of good news i, I just wouldn't do yeah. seed <laughs> um unless somebody out there listening and you're in milner so unless someone listening has you know maybe a little bit better news for william there but yeah yeah so Think about, you know, weed prevention right now and then just sit back and kind of wait until you're able to do your next task. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you. Great. Thanks, William. Have a good weekend. All right. 404-872-0750. Up next, Kathy calling from Conyers. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so worried about my oak leaf hydrangea. I don't normally prune it, but the um, stems are peeling, the bark on the stems. And I don't know. I know it's kind of late to be pruning things. I usually do that um, in January, but I haven't been pruning it, but um, the bark is peeling a little bit. I wonder what's causing that. Does it look like it's some kind of environmental stressor, or do you think it's bunnies or something strange rubbing up against the tree or the bush? No, no, no. It's, It's kind of to itself. It's down by a creek that runs beside my property, and um, I don't have anything that's touching it or... Well, the good news for you, um, and yes, like oak leaf, that's one of those that is also like a macrophylla, a mop head, where you want to prune it after it flowers, right? So yeah, we're a little late right now, but good news with the oak leaf hydrangeas, and they're you know more tolerant of shade and all of that kind of thing. Um, they don't need a lot of pruning, but tidying yours up in that case and removing the limbs that are of concern to you, you can definitely prune out the dead st- stems at the base early spring up until early spring. So we are kind of right in the you know time frame to be able to do that. So the dead stems, take them all the way down to the base, and that should help reinvigorate it a little bit. 
Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're very welcome. And otherwise, like you said, Kathy, I mean, they they don't need a lot of pruning, but that is kind of disturbing. And we got to think, folks, like when you're looking at a tree, you're looking at a shrub, something, you know, large like a hydrangea, um, any dead limb is not doing the plant any good at all. And if it's lost enough of the bark and then it gets down to that cambium layer below the bark and it just really has injury, it's not going to come back. And so for a plant or a tree to hang on to a dead stem is just kind of a waste of its energy. So sure, at always at any point in the year, you, you know, you could probably remove um, any dead part of a plant. But yes, yeah, so pruning oak leaf, this is why hydrangeas trip so many people up, pruning oak leaf at the wrong time. And uh, the big leaf, the macrophylla at the wrong time, it's not fatal. It's certainly not a fatal mistake. But if you wait much later than after summer, you know, when they're done pruning, prune them right then. If you wait much later, you run the risk of not having as many blooms the following year. Um, But again, not a fatal mistake for the plant. So thank you very much, Kathy. 404-872-0750. We could kind of go down that because we've gotten a few hydrangea calls this morning. Um, I'm looking at two things at once. Sorry. Um, gotten a, a few this morning. Limelight. Someone called about their limelight hydrangeas. And those, other than macrophylla, the big fluffy blue ones, uh, limelight is is a very close second favorite of mine. Um, that's the grape kind of shape, a, a cone kind of shape hydrangea. And they're so forgiving. They bloom on new wood. So you cut them all the way back. This time of year, St. Patrick's Day is usually what I tell myself, but I, I already did it. I got overzealous last week. Um, but cutting those all the way back, and they're going to put all those conical blooms on brand new growth, and they come on much later than the macrophylla, than the mop head ones, and so that's always a good one to consider. And then you've got climbing hydrangeas, which not as many people try, but that's the same kind of thing. You know, they're going to bloom late spring, summer, and really be beautiful for you. And then if you need to do any maintenance pruning, again, that's another one that you do um, afterwards and the mop head everyone just gets so tripped up with the mop head huge blue blossoms all summer long and then a caller telling Ann too calling into the show said uh, not to worry Kathy peeling like that on the bark of an oak leaf hydrangea is normal so that could be I've never noticed that but that that also could maybe just be I, I at first I thought maybe something you know rubbing up against it like a squirrel or a bunny or something like that but um, really look down into the stem and just make sure if the stem is dead, then it's not going to benefit the plant in any way. Uh, well, we'll have Carlos in Milton coming up here in just a few minutes and Tom and Canton. And don't forget at 830, Charles Lampkin from Pike Nursery along to talk about strawberries. Hope you'll stay tuned for that. 404-872-0750. It's green and growing on 95.5 WSB. All right, the weather update brought to you by WSB meteorologist Christina Edwards and Finley Roofing. It's going to be really pleasant this weekend. I know you've heard us say that, but it's worth, it bears repeating, right? Because you have a lot of uh, chances to get out and do some stuff. So high of around 76 today, partly cloudy though today and tomorrow. High around 80, put on the sunscreen. Rain back in the forecast on Monday and your uh, extended forecast comes up here with Chris Chandler in the news at 830 in just a few minutes. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. 
So a lot of you are coming up with some really good things to be doing in the landscape. And uh, I always try to come up with just three, not to overwhelm you. But if you get nothing else done, these are good. Number one, lay some mulch down. Stay one step ahead of the weeds by smothering them out as they're starting to grow. Two to three inches of mulch is probably sufficient to keep the weeds out. Uh, Don't mulch right up against the trees. And just a word to the wise, before mulching, pick up any diseased plant leaves or camellia blooms that have fallen. Don't mulch over those. Just remove those. Number two, prune fruit trees and grapes in late February, early March. So right now, after the cold uh, weather really has passed, but before spring growth starts. And number three, you still have an opportunity to plant kale, collards, broccoli, things like that. They have enough time to come to harvest before and mature before it gets too hot. You don't want them to bolt, as we talked to Max about. That's uh, when it goes to flower, and then it's no good. It tastes bitter. Uh, They prefer soil temperatures between 65 and 75 degrees. So, Alex Williams, did you know that broccoli prefers a soil temperature between 65 and 75 degrees? I did not. Do you eat broccoli? I love broccoli. See, John does too. We steam it, and it's so easy. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, thanks for popping in here from across the hall in the traffic center. You've got a little break. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I hope Mark Aram's listening, because, you know, we've all worked (laughs) together for so many years in traffic. And tell me about this segment that he does with you. Does Alex Williams know this food? So back when uh, Mark was in the traffic center, as you remember, he uh, he always liked to quiz my knowledge on food because I uh, have a very little, uh, very narrow knowledge of food. But I don't, you like uh, food. I, I love food. I just don't know all the fancy foods that he knows. And uh, it started off as Instagram videos, and it's now a segment <laughs> on his show. So he always likes to quiz me to see if I know a food, and uh, it's it's hit or miss. I mean, like different nationalities. That's where you always yes, lose it. That's exactly. So what's one of the most far fetched named? foods that you actually knew that you were impressed that you knew it let's see um when i knew steak tartare i was pretty impressed with that and i knew that that was basically raw steak that's uncooked steak that's gross and then sometimes he'll quiz you on foods and not necessarily have those foods here but oftentimes there is food here during the Mark Aram show from 4 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday there is demarco gets food and everybody i get quizzed on the food before i'm allowed to eat it well, I mean, nine times out of ten, I hope to goodness. I mean, y'all had sushi. You knew what that was yes. recently. Usually I know those foods. Mexican food, mm-hmm. uh, burgers from time to time. He's okay. always feeding us. They take care of us. Isn't that nice? Yep. And what am I eating this morning? Yogurt. Yeah. Who purchased it? Me. You. Exactly. Uh, That's not free. No one's bringing in food on Saturday mornings for us. Okay. So just to steal, because uh, you and I are never together on a Saturday morning. So just to steal a little bit of a Mark Aram show segment, does Alex Williams know this plant? Uh-oh. And this may go over just as well as does Alex Williams know this? This is probably going to be worse. All right, we'll start easy. Is a pansy a real flower or not? Is that a made-up name or not? It's a real flower. When do you think it blooms? Like, when do you see them? Summertime. No, right now. Dang it. Oh. Like, when you're driving in front of, like, apartment complexes down the street and you see pretty clusters of, from a distance, you know, yellow and purple and white flowers, those are pansies right now. Okay. Okay. And deer chomp them. So people yes. have netting over them. In front of the office park so the deer don't eat them. Um, is bat flower, is that real? That's fake. Batman. No, that's real. Oh. It's like this very rare. I'll have to show you a picture on my phone. I pulled it up in, in preparation for this. Um, it blooms like late summer. Look at that. Can you see it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, now I see why it has that name. Yeah, because it looks like bat wings, right? And it's a black flower, and it blooms late summer uh, to early fall, and it's at the Atlanta Botanical Gardens. It's rare. It's not something you and I would have in our yard. Now, but could that be an indoor plant, or is that something you have to grow outside? That's a good question. I think it's in a greenhouse at the Botanical okay. Gardens. So, yeah, it grows around Halloween, so that's pretty cool. Uh, lady slipper, is that a real flower or not? Yeah, that sounds like a crazy name. 
good. Okay. That's right. It's an orchid. An orchid. So you got so that. So where one do they right. get the name Lady Slipper? Because that's what it looks like. It has a little. It has a flower, but then it has a little cup coming from the bottom that literally looks like a slipper. Okay. How cool is that? No high heel or anything. Just right, a basic. Not, just a basic, basic slipper. slipper. Yeah. Um, what about daffodil? Now that's a real flower. We talked about that yes. as I walked in the door this morning, and that's blooming now. What's the one that I thought was a flower, but it's a weed? Dandelion. Dandelion. That's right. I mean, bees like them and stuff, so people do subscribe to like leave them, leave them. The pollinators need them, but that is generally seen as a weed. I remember that's what you pick up as a kid and you blow on them. Yes, and did you know it's also the yellow flower? All that's the same. It's a dandelion. Oh, okay. Yeah. You learn something new every day. I think day. you did fairly well. That was better than the food. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for stopping by. Now. Thank you for having me. No red alerts on the interstates. Okay. Let's keep it that. Keep them at a minimum. Just construction, road construction. Thank you, Alex Williams. Thank you. All right, coming up, Pike Nursery in less than 10 minutes. Thanks for being here this morning. It's green and growing on WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. All right, last half hour of Green and Growing. Really glad you've spent your Saturday morning with us. Covered a lot on the show today, too. Gave out some tickets to the Georgia Pinners Conference. Hope folks enjoy that next weekend. Uh, The Highway Horticulture photo album on my Facebook page so you can properly identify all of those spring flowering trees that are starting to look gorgeous right now and for the next month or two. And, of course, my trip to uh, Green Meadows Preserve and talking about bluebirds and how they're nesting now. Revisit any of this when you want to go back on the show and listen to the podcasts. You can go to wsbradio.com slash green and growing. And as soon as I get out of here today, I will try to upload today's show as a podcast. And something else you'll probably want to listen to a second time is my conversation with Charles Lampkin coming up right now. Pike Nursery, the manager of the Marietta location. Charles, this is a topic everyone has so much fun growing this, don't they? Oh, yes, ma'am. And good morning, Ashley, because it's fun for the whole family and it is a very, very easy project. And we're talking first about our strawberries. And I got to say, I plan on getting two new plants at Pike Nursery on Monday this coming week, but I still have some from last year. And I'm just now kind of knocking the dust off of that hanging basket, picking out the dead leaves, and I'm hanging it back in the sunshine. Please do. Unless we get a very, very cold snap and we've been lucky this winter, your strawberries are going to overwinter here and you should have a crop ready and should be poking out and should start looking good in uh, just a matter of time. See, and isn't that cool for our friends who have moved down here from the north and they're used to just, you know, longer periods of that cold weather, Charles, we consider strawberries perennial if you properly, you know, take care of them and the winter's not too devastatingly cold, right? Yeah, right. And if it is severely cold, especially a cold that's a dry cold, make sure they're watered and put a layer of mulch over them just to protect the root system. But other than that, you should be okay. So easy. All right. So we're going to take the kids to Pike Nursery and pick out these fun burying plants, strawberries, of course, two types. Tell us about them and what we're looking for. So kind of think of it like a tomato. It's the easiest way to think about it. They're either indeterminate or ever-bearing, which means they'll produce multiple uh, sessions of fruit throughout the season, all the way through the summer and early fall. Or there's one that is a determinate 
um, that we also call just a single bearing or maybe a June bearing that has one great big crop. Um, the, the indeterminates are, are a lot more fun, uh, especially for the kids who can see it, you know, throughout the entire season, but there's nothing wrong with that one and one and done either. But both of those are going to be uh, perennial, so you don't have to worry about either one being more hardy than another. Okay, and y'all carry both types, right? Correct, and it, and we'll we'll let you know if it's not labeled on the pot. We'll let you know what varieties are which. And the thing about strawberries, folks, you do need to make sure they have enough room because they send off daughters or little shoots that'll then root themselves, and then that's kind of how it spreads. I mentioned I have mine in a hanging basket, Charles. But what are other ways you recommend to plant them? Um, hanging baskets are a great choice. No, um, because the, the fruit will hang from them. The flowers are also pretty and also the kind of rhizomes that kind of root in themselves and spread. Um, strawberry pots are, are great. You can mix in some herbs with your strawberries and have a really cool feature there or any other container. Um, ground planting is fine as long as you do something to protect underneath the plant. You don't want dirt splashing up onto the leaves, flowers, or fruit, and that could be no good for your, for your strawberry season. But there are a lot of ideas online of how to create those mounds or how to create uh, the proper planting in the ground. But I'd always suggest going with a container. It's just a little bit easier um, and uh, a lot a lot less hassle. Yeah, and you can keep the birds and the squirrels away a little bit easier that way, too, because nothing's worse than seeing that strawberry that's almost ready <laughs> to go out there the next day, and it's got a big chunk out of it, or it's just gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the, the containers are easy to keep them closer to the house. Most, you know, animals are a little worried uh, wary to get to the house or put a little bit of netting over them to keep, keep the critters away. Um, but, yeah, really, really good tip there. So a really quick crop, ready for harvest 30 to 45 days after flowering. So that's something fun. But y'all have a tip here, Charles. In order for them to grow bigger, what's something that we could do? This is brand new to me. Oftentimes, we hit spring early. I mean, we we were 80 degrees yesterday, right? Yeah. So some of those uh, plants may flower early when the when the plant itself is not mature enough to produce that, that large fruit. So remove maybe your first one or two sets of flowering to allow that plant to mature to be able to produce uh, more abundant fruit and more mature fruit. That's interesting. So mine's an established strawberry plant, but is it still a good idea to do that, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so, especially if the plant is undersized and if it starts flowering too early. Again, you're going to have fruiting within 30 to 45 days after that flower, but if we're still in April and you think there's still a risk of a, a really sharp cold or if the plant itself is just undersized to produce that much fruit, then I would definitely think about picking off that first set of flowering. Fantastic. Now, if some of this sounds really attractive to all of you and you don't maybe know what the strawberry pot looks like or you're not sure what I describe when I mean it sends off runners or daughter plants, Pike Nursery is hosting a free class next Saturday. How can we get into that, Charles? Please go on to our website and register for the class. 
It is a free class and we're trying to limit capacities, but we're not going to turn you away at the door if you do come in. But it's a way for us to track our, our customer counts and see what classes are popular or not when we register online. But yeah, you can pick your you can pick your home store, you register for the class, and you'll get an email reminding you about the class the day before. I love that. So the one next Saturday at 10 a.m. is not only going to cover strawberries, but blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, and Charles and I will be back together again next Saturday to talk about those other berries. And while you're in there, stop and pick up uh, the seed soil that you need for seed starting, the seeds that you want to grow for your summer vegetables, and maybe the trays and all of the things you're going to need indoors. Um, But before we get to those summer vegetable crops, Charles, this kind of blows my mind and I have a hard time with the cool season crop. So set me straight here, despite the fact that it has been close to 80 degrees for the last few days and periodically really throughout this whole winter. Um, do we still have time to maybe get like a cold weather crop in there? How, how does that work? And we do. And it's because of the fast germination rates and the fast, and the fast maturity rates of your winter vegetables. Think about your winter vegetables. Most of them are leafy. And we're talking about your greens, your your lettuces, your kales. Those are going to be your more successful items. Um, your broccolis, maybe Brussels sprouts, you may get a sprout, but your leafy ones for sure. Our cooler temperatures at night is what is setting the tone for those to still be successful. Okay. It's when we get into those really hot, muggy days and warm, muggy nights when those just pretty much melt away. Okay. And now, you know, I'm spending a lot more time outside, or at least I did this past week, and I'm seeing my first carpenter bees. I'm seeing a couple of roaches that I haven't seen in a while outside. So now that the insects are kind of coming out to play, do we need to keep an extra careful eye on these leafy crops? Right now, we haven't seen the the insects are going to harm those crops quite yet. But if you start noticing holes in your leaves or kind of little trails on your leaves, maybe slugs or snails, uh, we have a lot of organic and safe options here at the store uh, to protect those plants. Next Saturday, Charles, you and I back together again to talk more about berries, but next time it'll be blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. How can we find our home store, our nearest Pike Nursery? Oh, please go on our website and uh, extensive knowledge and information there, but also you can find your home store, your home manager even, um, and even a tidbit of information, our addresses, our phone numbers, or any one of our other social media outlets are going to help you out. And I'm going to say hi to Clayson. He's the manager of my home store in Town Lake. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to be honest, you said a lot of good information on y'all's website. Sometimes I take things from y'all's website and share on the show. For example, y'all have a great uh, calendar month to month of when to be doing what tasks. And I often share many of those things with folks. Very nice of you to do. (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, we'll be together again next Saturday. Thanks for your time, Charles. Thank you, Ashley, and I'll talk to you then. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. And don't forget, Dave Baker live from the Clark Howard Habitat for Humanity build site, too. That comes up in 15 minutes. All right, the update on your weekend weather. I think you've heard me say it, and you're going to like it. Today, a high of around 76, only partly cloudy today and tomorrow. It's going to be even warmer tomorrow, so be prepared for that. Enjoy it while you can because some scattered showers move into Metro Atlanta on Monday. That brought to you by Finley Roofing and WSB meteorologist Christina Edwards along in less than 10 minutes with the full forecast. Green Green and Growing. 
Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right. I just had a really good conversation off the air with Julia in Roswell. Thank you so much for calling, Julia. Um, we talked about her red tip Fatinia, which what a beautiful tree. And if you still have them that are alive, more power to you. But I'm glad I talked to her because they're so susceptible to a leaf spot, almost kind of like a blight that happened years back and killed off a lot of them. Um, but I was talking about good hygienic you know, environmental practices when you're pruning things and tidying things up. And this comes into to play with one of these. Um, before mulching, removing what could be diseased leaves or in, in the case of camellia and petal blight, a camellia blooms, anything that's fallen on the ground underneath plants like this, rake that stuff back just so that we don't have it sitting on the soil with fungus spores and all of that, the chance to spread anything. Then lay some mulch down. So that's my number one. Lay some mulch down. Stay a step ahead of the weeds. Smother them as they're starting to grow now. You need a two to three inch thick layer. There it is. I, can't, I just can't say that phrase. Uh, yeah, for it to be sufficient and really like choke it out and allow the weeds not to get sunlight. Number two, prune fruit trees and grapes. Now is about the last of the time you have a chance to do that uh, before spring growth begins. Temperatures are maintaining at at least 45 degrees. And number three, plant kale and collards and broccoli. One more round. It gives them time to mature before it gets too hot. Given hot weather, things like broccoli and lettuce will bolt meaning it sets flowers and it's no good. It tastes bitter. So you got to go ahead and get those in. Max had a great call earlier saying, yeah, provide them with some shade too. You know, it has been so warm. Those cool season crops could benefit from a little bit of shade so they can do their thing without being stressed out. So great show. I'm so glad I got to bring back the piece with Jim Bearden about bluebirds. If you missed that in the six o'clock hour, that is worth a listen back. Only five minutes uh, learning all about bluebirds, their nest boxes and all of that, followed by Ellen Honeycutt of the Georgia Native Plant Society. Good morning to all of you. We talked about invasive species and what we don't want in our landscape. Getting rid of English ivy, Japanese honeysuckle, mimosa, china berry. Just don't plant it. If you don't already have it, don't plant that. And she suggested some really good native plants instead. Uh, milkweed, think about that coming up to attract butterflies. And a red buckeye bush with bright red flowers that could attract some hummingbirds. Black-eyed Susans, purple coneflower. Those are nice because those are perennial. They'll come back every year. All right, one last call. I think we've got time to talk to Carlos in Milton. Hey, good morning, Carlos. Hey, good morning. Love the show. Thank you. How can I help you? So I've uh, been down here uh, just a couple of years from the Northeast, and I've got a, a decent size flat yard, a backyard that gets a lot of sun, and it's currently Bermuda. But we're, we're expanding the backyard. We've cut down a few pine trees, but there's some you know old growth pines back there. It gets much more shade than sun. Uh-huh. And so sod, sod season is coming, and I'm just wondering, there's so many different varieties of grasses available down here. What what do you recommend as a, a shade tolerant, you know, it's going to butt up against an existing Bermuda lawn. I mean, h- how do I, how do I transition that is, do yeah. I have to redo the entire lawn? Do you want to keep the Bermuda, what you've got? I think so. I mean, okay. I, I don't need to spend the money. I'd be fine. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is, you know, the Bermuda definitely needs enough sun, um, that is a, a warm season grass, requires a lot of sun. Once you get into really deep shaded areas, you know, fescue are cool season grass that stays green when everything else goes dormant in the wintertime. That's really what you think about, but they do conflict. Once fescue is next to Bermuda, then everyone has the headache of one growing into the other and it becomes 
uh, a problem. But we had somebody earlier in the show with questions about their St. Augustine. And St. Augustine is a warm season grass as well, like Bermuda, stays green over the summer. Um, a little tougher to start because you have to have um, either sod or plugs, you know, that, that spread runners. Um, but that is probably the most shade tolerant of all the warm season grasses, even better than Bermuda. St. Augustine could be an option to go with the Bermuda and withstand the shade spots a little bit more. And you're right, sodding for Bermuda, it, you know, maybe to fill in some spots or if you want to try that first to keep all the grass the same, sodding when we're starting to really look at doing that is May and June and July. So, Carlos, if we stay on hold, I promise just another minute or two. I know we've we've had a lot of your time this morning. Um, Anne will get your email address, and I'll send you a calendar to kind of help you keep up with Bermuda. And then from there, kind of decide. And maybe St. Augustine for the other spots. Or, you know, if you, I don't think you'll have to start all over. I think you'll be okay. But thank you for the call. You'll hear from me here later on this weekend. Um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a good Saturday. I'm glad Alex Williams from the traffic team made an appearance, got to Marco with me and Chris Chandler. And like I mentioned, Dave Baker on site with Clark Howard for celebrating uh, Clark's Habitat build. A new family will move into that home here in the next week or two. And volunteers have been busy all winter long building these two homes in the same cul-de-sac here in Metro Atlanta. What a worthy cause. What a wonderful thing. And then, of course, coming up for us this month, you're going to be hearing a lot from us about our 100-year anniversary birthday celebration right here on WSB. Welcome, South Brother. We are blessed and just so many good memories, so much talent in this place over 100 years. And I am extremely honored to have been part of it for just a short 13, uh, hopefully more. I grew up listening to WSB and a lot of you native Atlantans, you did too. So you know exactly how much it's meant. Um, but nevertheless, headed to the Marietta Square at 10 o'clock to hang out with the Marietta Tree Keepers. Hopefully I'll meet you. I'll hang out from about 10 to noon and come pick up a free tree, a free sapling. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Saturday.